So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this um, July 4th episode, 2013 episode of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and off to my left, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? Hello? The dogs are there. I'm good, but apparently the uh, dogs are freaking. Hi, I'm here. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Excellent. I'm good. It's all good. Well, I'm I'm doing good too. I uh we had some confusion. I was Excellent. trying to trying to figure find a way to hook up sound so that Rosemary could hear the show while we were doing this and I don't know how to do that. So uh Aww. So sad. Um Oh, I have an idea. That's sad. I think I have an idea. Well, no, because that would hook up through my Wi-Fi and my okay, well bandwidth. So I was going to try to hook her up through my cell phone, but um, that probably won't work. Well, so I guess that covers the fact that I'm in Costa Rica because I'm sitting next to Rosemary. Hey, Dave. Is that would be you I'm talking to. trying to listen to the show and not from her computer, then she must be sitting beside you. Yes. And we know that Rosemary doesn't go off into the States. No. No, often not to the States, yes. Ms. Rosemary. And if she did, I'm sure she would go to Washington and not Very Texas. Very exciting. So that's okay. There's family there and all of that, you know. Absolutely. But that's the current most of the current events that I yes. know about. I haven't had an opportunity to read the news. I haven't had any of that kind of stuff. So, you know. Uh, I did briefly check that, you know. That's okay. You haven't really missed anything. Um, yeah, I wouldn't imagine. So um, why don't we just call our guest and bring her on, and then um, we'll get okay. started. Well, I was, you're Costa I was, Rica. I was going to do that after we, you know, bantered for a moment, but I guess we'll go ahead and call her. <clears throat> I figured that'd be less interruption than ringing during the music. Say hello. Hey there. Hello. How are you? Uh, Welcome. Oh, I am doing well. Thank you. And it's nice to hear your voice. It's wonderful to have you with us again. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Well, we, as are we. 
I know okay. that uh, I know that Jean's got uh, one of your books in her hand, so she's all she's all prepared journalistic time. <laughs> well, we're already live and on the air. Well, I, I think I know what book you're, you have. So, can I speak a little bit about what the blank do we know about Bible? We would love that. Okay. Well, I had I love researching. In fact, did, I research I almost. Did have, ah, there it is. Right there. Okay, I've gone all yeah. over the place. I think. Well, it's the same. Yeah, well, you set me down, you know, last time. I mean, that if I wanted to know the word meant. Uh-huh. I'm having a little bit of a challenge hearing you. It would be the one. It's, uh, at times it's like you fade away. So I will just speak as distinctly as I can, all right? Hello? You're coming through just fine. We're apparently having a little trouble with uh, with Jane's internet connection, so I'm gonna okay. we'll we'll see if we can talk to her on the phone phone, and then everybody okay. will be on the phone except me. And <laughs> and if that doesn't work, then we'll we'll just all I'll call in. We'll all call in. We'll see what happens. All right. But I hear the ringing quite loud and clear, so I think this will probably work well. Hi. Hi. Hi, welcome back. Thanks. A little of the crystal crystal mountain effect on your when you're coming through. Yeah, mountain living, you know. How come yours is better in Puerto Rico than it is in Canada? What's up with that? Ah, uh, well, I don't know about that, but you know. Last I heard her, but she loved research, and I'm. And we heard you say, well, and I have, and we have lots of that. All right. Uh, I'm contemplating um, doing a second edition of the book because I have another chapter I want to put in. I won't what the title is. <laughs> and... Um, I am a retired minister of divine science, and I didn't become a minister until I was in my 50s. Yeah, I was in my 50s, and that's where I met my little husband, and uh, that's when I began to do a lot of research about the Bible and uh, about religion. Of course, everyone seems to have their own idea. But after doing research, I put in the book, What the Blank Do We Know About the Bible? Because I feel that so many people have been misled. And uh, 
has a direct line direct to God. They do not need to have someone else to tell them how to believe because they can go within their own knowingness and everyone can speak to the God within because God is within all beings on this planet. And Absolutely. that's what I have learned. I agree with you. Yes. And um, so that has led me to thinking about this other thing that I'm not going to talk about now, but I'm going to do a second edition, and it'll probably come out uh, in August. And uh, right now I'm also uh, almost finished with the editing of my latest manuscript, which will be Magdalena of High Brazil. Oh, that sounds interesting. Uh huh. It's the third book in the uh, Magdalene series, and, and of course, I, it took me a long time to research this. But High Brazil is that's H Y space B R A S I L is a mystical island about two hundred miles west of Ireland. Really? And yes. And it, uh, back in the medieval days, uh, there is, well, there are, let me see, how do I want to say this? Anyway, there were uh, seamen who were traveling around there, and they saw it, and some said that they've even been there. And this is around the 1500s, the 1600s, and some say, oh, it's just a myth, and then some say, no, it's not. And so this is what I am basing my book on. And if that is so, it could be that what people have called as the mist of Avalon is really the mist of high Brazil. And... um, so I'm just doing uh, like an extension of Mary Magdalene and her descendants with this one. Yeah. And I like the word Magdalena because uh, that's in my ancestry, thanks to my brother who did it. And I had no idea that, uh, well, let's see, back in 1640, I well, I'm saying my maiden name was Carter, and uh, my brother was researching and found that in 1640, a John Carter married a Magdalena Moore, and so that was partly of why I wanted to just, not that I think I'm a descendant of Mary Magdalene, but I like the name, and I want to use it as in this fiction book. And there could be some truth to it. I don't know. But I'm just having fun with it. And it's going like from the present day, like it was in Secrets of the Magdalene Scrolls, back to ancient times, where it will show you, well, not show you, but you can read about a little bit about High Brazil. And that's my latest thing. But I also want to share that uh, 
several weeks ago, a friend of mine called me, and she and I had exchanged our books, oh, about seven years ago, and she had given my book, Secrets of the Magdalene Scrolls, to her mother. And she'd never heard from her mother. And she thought, oh, well, I guess she didn't like it or something. But what she began telling me about her mother was that her mother was born in Dallas, Texas, and that's where I was born. Right. And she um, was Catholic. She belonged to a Catholic family. And when she was five years old, they sent her to live with the nuns because they wanted her to be in that schooling, thinking that she would grow up to be a nun. Well, she didn't grow up to be a nun because she apparently uh, left uh, the nunnery. But what her mother had told her was that when she was five and she went there, she had a visit from Mary Magdalene when she was five years old. And Mary Magdalene had spoken to her because she knew that this child was crying. And so this several weeks ago, her mother called her just after Mother's Day, and she said, I wanted something to read, so I went to my uh, bookshelves, and I found the book that you had given me, and I never did read it, Secrets of the Magdalene Scrolls. And she said, I began reading it, and I cried all day long because she said what she had written about Mary Magdalene resonated with her with what she had heard Magdalene tell her when she was five years old. So, to me... It's just amazing. It is amazing. I mean, uh, hopefully I'm going to see if uh, her mother won't write up a little bit about it so that I might be able to put it in in uh, uh, the last part of my book because I thought I, I was so surprised. But yet it was like when I was writing Secrets of the Magdalene Scrolls, it's like everything was flowing and I, uh, it, it flowed much better than the other books. And so, who knows, I might have a connection, but I, I, I don't know anything for sure. But that was one of the most touching things I've ever heard about one of my books, is what her mother felt. I, that is an amazing story. And, um... well... Life, life is full of miracles and wonderful things, and um, I'm just going to keep riding on and on with whatever comes to my mind. Right. Yes. But it's, uh, it's been a wonderful journey for me because I didn't start really writing until, oh, around... Uh, well, I, I wrote that book uh, in the early, well, early 2000 of this uh, current thing. But I, I've just had a wonderful life, and I look back upon it, and I'm saying, well, everything is just like 
an evolution of one step at a time. And one never knows where something wonderful is going to come into one's life. And this is what's happening to me now. Just just so. amazing. Just amazing. And there seems to well, there seems to be so much uh, in uh just in the last six months or so that uh, so many different people that I've heard from that just things are just just arriving, things are just coming. Uh, like this uh, this story that you uh that you got from a reader about the reader's mom. It just uh, that sort of stuff just seems to be uh, showing up for people and um uh, so it is pretty amazing, and I know that uh, we're still working on trying to get Gene back on the line. Uh, uh, apparently, at, at least tonight, uh, Skype in um, uh, in Canada uh, is not um, working as well as Skype in Costa Rica. That is odd, but um, uh, because I know that she had some interesting topics that were in the. Uh, uh, your your book on the Bible that she wanted to discuss. Okay, Jane. Yes. Oh, hi. You Hello. sound loud and clear. I uh, yeah. Um, maybe we're gonna have to do that from now on. Not sure, but um, wow. We may have to crazy. do that. It, it 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 may be a combination of the Canada Costa Rica thing bandwidth wise. Um, I don't know because I know I have lots okay. less. Than I had, but we sound good. I think we all sound good. We do now, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I got some of the story because I was actually listening on on Blog Talk because once I got hardlined in, I was okay at least to listen. Um, but I, when you tried to call me, it was just no go. Um, so I'm gonna have to back and listen to the full story because it sounded like a cool one and I missed it. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. What is it you you want to talk about of the book? Well, there was a couple of things. The first, the the reason that you um, sent me the book was you brought a really interesting, um, really interesting question for me during our other show, and you asked me if I knew what the word "amen" really meant. <laughs> and you said to me, "I have to read the book." So I'm curious, are you willing to explain to our listeners? Well, yes, I will. Or are you going to tell them they have to read uh, the book, too? <laughs> well, <laughs> they should I'd read like the book. This is a, before we go any further, I should say that this is um, an eye-opener. And, <laughs> you know, it obviously it's very thoroughly researched. Like you said, you, you love to research and uh, the notes at the back oh my goodness you've you've done your work um <laughs> but it's an eye opener it really is i mean for anybody who's just starting on that path of i have questions and i read the bible and then people tell me what it's supposed to mean and my heart tells me that it doesn't feel right this is definitely the book for you because <laughs> <laughs> this will blow that wide wide open for you and you might you know um come to a different conclusion that's more in alignment with what your spirit and your heart is telling you as opposed to what quote unquote the uh church is telling you so that's just my opinion after reading 
the book. So, um, and now we can go into what's a little bit of what's in it. And I don't want to tell everybody all in it because I certainly want people to pick it up and read it. Um, but, yeah. Well, if people really think about the word amen, A-M-E-N, it's very familiar to English-speaking Christians, Jews, and Muslims. And it's it's what is usually closed at the end of a blessing or even a prayer. And for many, the word amen also means so be it or it is so. And it's like it's a final statement that it is so. But it also predates ancient Egypt. And this was done by uh, an author whose last name is Isa, or Isa, I-S-S-A. And it means, what the word amen means, it means the unseen principles of God. And I thought, isn't that interesting? It means the unseen principles of God. And uh, the author, Isa, began his journey for his discovery when he began making trips to Africa. And so he would travel back and forth uh, between Egypt and, and Ghana. And it was, he began noticing the similarities between the Egyptian culture and the contemporary in Ghana. Now, he began doing his research and um, he said that in 1999, he read an article in the New York Times. Or, I mean, he wrote an article in the New York Times. And in the article, he says it's reported that the DNA connection between Lemda, people of South Southern Africa, and the early Hebrew people, now, isn't that interesting? the Hebrew people in Southern Africa, that there's a connection in their DNA. And so when we think about all of these words that are said daily by so many people, and most of them really don't know what it means. So here we have this, uh, that so much that's in the Bible is not fully researched. It's like someone wrote something, said it, amen. And so this is something about this chapter that I wrote that I would suggest that people read and find out what it means because it is really a beautiful statement, amen. And it means it is so. And so when we say that, we should say it is so. And I think when Jean was offline, I was saying, that um, one of my sayings is that everyone has a hotline to God from within. And it is. We don't have to go to a preacher or a priest or a minister because God is within every one of us. Every being on this earth has God within them, and they have a hotline. And it's up to them to determine whether they want to Call call it and ask what it can send to them. And this is what happened to me when I uh, was in my ministerial school. And I have a, a what I consider my own connection. And I 
I don't know, it's just has really resonated in my life. And my life has been step by step so beautiful. And oh yes, I mean I've had to have uh like everyone else, we always have these dark nights of the soul for a little fall or something. But it passes away, and what I have realized through all of my journey is to forgive everyone. Don't hold on to anything. It's not worth it, I mean, because if we are mad at someone, that is um, our madness at someone. And they might not even reflect back from them. They might not even realize it. So I think that right now we're finding more and more about forgiveness and to let go of the past and to live for today. Today is what is so wonderful. And I also like it that I'm seeing more and more people beginning to open up and realize that we don't have even though we don't have the freedom that we had be what we thought we had before, there's going to be a great revelation coming into us. And I just know it because the people of the world, if they would just go within and speak to their God and ask what is their path, what are they to do, it'll an, an idea will come to them. It might be a voice, who knows, but it might be just some kind of a, a feeling, and it's to go with it, to go with it. And this is where I am right now. And so I will be putting out, oh, possibly in August sometime, the second edition of this, because there's another chapter that I want to put in that I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> I'm going to let that be a surprise. <laughs> so this okay. time we get the we get the amen explanation, but but if you want to know the new chapter, you're going to have to hang out and wait for it to get here. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yes. I like and, it. You know, and and I have written all kinds of articles. In fact, I put them on my blog, which is bettyjohnson.com. And, uh, and my name, Betty, is B-E-T-T-Y-E. And that's what my mother put on my birth certificate. But it, I'm going to start putting all of my articles together, and I'm going to start making books out of them because I, I am a prolific writer. And I love it. And um, it's just that everything is, so much of it is what I have given up so much of the old hurts, the old angers, and it's just fun now to to talk to people, to to do my writing and share it, and that's where I am right now. And I will say that this month I will be 84 years old. See, I'll say it isn't so. I was just I was just whining about the fact that I'm I'm almost forty. I'm turning thirty eight tomorrow, so I was like, oh, I'm almost forty. But I mean, you're and, still and, writing at eighty four. That gives me a hell of a lot of hope. <laughs> I'm not even halfway there yet. I got lots of time. You got plenty lots of time. Lots of time. You do, you know. 
Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to keep doing you for as long as I can, you know. And I have had a, when I look back on my life, I'm thinking, wow, I learned so much from everything. All of the, the uh, hurts and all of the disappointments, it's like stepping stones. I didn't stop and and just keep going it over and over again, you know. And I just kept going on. I don't know, but I've had a fantastic life. I have three adult sons. I have, um, uh, let's see, three granddaughters. And I have um, three great-grandchildren. And the youngest of my great-grandchildren, I didn't know it, but when she was born, she was named Magdalena. And I thought that was interesting, too. So all of these wonderful things, when we let go of the the anger and the past and and the hurt, beautiful things start happening in one's life, and that's what's happened to me. And and yes, my uh, late husband, he passed in 2000, and he was the love of my life. And um, I learned so much from him. In fact, as I said, I met him in ministerial school. And... Uh, we were together for 23 years, and it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, he comes to me from time to time, and I know that he's around. So he's just in another side of the veil is what it is. And so I'm realizing not to uh, be so sad that someone that I love passed because he was... He was ill at the time. And why would I want him to stay and be sick? So if he decided to go on, he did. But he gave me a beautiful life with him. So, and as I said, he comes to me from time to time. I feel him in the kitchen. And uh, this is what people should do, is just to, to know that there's only a veil between us. And that's it. Yeah, I, I I wish more people did, and I think more people are uh, every day. Uh, I know my mom passed, uh, gosh, three years ago, and um, and she's still around. I still hear from her from time to time, and uh, uh, and in in many ways we have a closer a closer relationship now than we did then, uh, but uh, certainly. Uh, not an ending, and as you say, she was quite ill, and uh, 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 is her bright, bubbly, beautiful self again. Well, I also, well, I did not have a good relationship with my father, and he passed in 1967, and um, it took me some time to forgive him. And I did that. I mean, I, I did that. And I felt very complete with it. And then about 10 years ago, I had what they call an out-of-body experience. And I went in the next dimension. And he was there as a young man. 
but he looked at me and he came up and he asked for my forgiveness. And we embraced and I came back and I woke up and I thought, what was that all about? And I, the next week I read Robert Monroe's book, Far Journeys, and he used to have, a, before he died, he did a lot of out-of-body traveling. And he said, in the next dimension, there is a hospital for wounded souls. And I realized after I read that, my father had been there for all of those years and had worked through and asked my forgiveness for himself so he could go onward with his own journey. And then a week after I read that, I read one of Michael Rhodes' books, and uh, he went to the hospital in what we call infrared, the next dimension, infrared. And he had the sense to ask wherever he was, he said, well, who put this hospital here? And it said, the beings 350,000 years ago. So it's like we can love these people. We can just know that they are not going to go to hell. They're not going to purgatory. Uh, They're going into a hospital to help them with their journey so that they can go into another body somewhere else and have a happier life. That's my my that's my idea though. So but I thought that was a fascinating thing. So forgiveness is a great key to have a healthy and longer life. That's what I'm saying. It's not hold it's on very to the past. Unique, it's a very unique way of looking at an afterlife. I mean, it sure beats mm-hmm. this whole heaven and hell theory that they have going on. Um, I never did understand that whole, you know, your God loves you, but, you know, if you don't behave, you're going to go and burn in eternal torment. Well, it just doesn't make sense. (laughs) No, it it never made. No, it's not logical. Yeah, but unfortunately, I'm going to use this a thing. The Catholic Church has created so much of this heaven and hell and purgatory, and it's now getting to be to where what they have done to people is really coming out now more and more and more. And it's, if everyone would just forgive and get on with their life. This this is is the thing, and this is, you know, I love having you on because this is the second time we've gotten a chance to talk about forgiveness, and it's not just forgiveness of others, it's forgiveness of self. And this idea of heaven and hell is really caused people to lie to themselves on such a deep yes. level and to yes. not be able to accept who they really are for fear of punishment you know and and um it's 
it's really sad to think that there are so many people out there who are afraid to actually really look in the mirror because they're afraid that they're going to be eternally punished for their their wrongdoings. Um, and so, th- so they can't face them. And if you can't face them, you can't ever forgive yourself for them. Um, you can't ever accept them as okay. And, you know, okay, so somebody's going to come along and say, yes, but then Jesus came along and he saved us all. Um, yet, yet here... Now you have this whole other dynamic where they say, okay, this this son of God came along and saved us all. And so our sins are forgiven automatically, and we don't have to do anything except for accept Jesus. Well, what happens to the poor dude who's sitting out in the Amazon who's never seen a priest or a preacher? So he goes to hell. Or the baby who dies before it's it's been baptized, they go to hell. But... That, to me, is one of the most ludicrous concepts I have ever come across. Now, I'm not saying that there are all things wrong with these religions. I'm certainly not, because there's a lot of beautiful stuff in there, if you're looking for it. But this concept of an innocent little baby, a baby who just got here, the baby's like, what the hell just happened uh, he's tr- still trying to figure out how he ended up in physical form he's trying to integrate and then something happens he goes back out and you know um, oh you you're you haven't been baptized so you're going to hell what is that where does that idea even come from and this is i never got that far with my own research but i have totally totally flabbergasted as to how anybody any Buddy could come up with that concept, and then how millions of people could accept it as fact. It blows my mind constantly. And I, you know, it's just, it confuses me. And I don't mean to disrespect people's belief systems, but this is just one of those things that I just kind of, wow, why? Why would you want to believe something like that? I can't. Well, wrap my head around it. Yeah. Well, so many people have been programmed from that from childhood. They really have. And you can just look at different parts of the country where there is bigotry. And um, and that's not what I feel like is right because we're, and there's God in every one of us. I don't care if they're black or white or yellow, they're brown. Pink, purple, green. That's right. Right? And it, 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 it's so funny because I, that, that, that with this, well, it's not. We have this kind of synchronicity all the time. But I just posted uh, the day before I left Houston, I believe, uh, I reposted a, a photo that someone else had posted of an Eskimo fellow, and it said, the Eskimos asking the priest the question. Said, "So if I'd never heard of your God or your, or your heaven or your uh, hell or your Christ, I would I go to hell?" And 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 the priest answered, "No, n- not if you didn't know." And the Eskimo answered to that or commented to that. Well, then why did you tell me? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, it's, See, it's, I've it's, actually had right I've with had that logic of. 
I've had priests who've looked me square in the eye and said, yes, if we fail in our mission to inform everybody on the planet about this good news, quote unquote, then those people will go to hell. And the only reason I didn't lose it was because he was an elderly gentleman and I have respect for my elders. It was not respect for the collar around his neck that held my tongue. It was respect for the fact that he was an elder. And so I didn't say a word. I just let him rattle on. But, oh, my goodness, I I, I wish somebody had had a camera because my face must have been just, Cause wow. Well, it's it's gradually sweeping different countries about the Catholic Church, and um, well, now I just read recently where in Ireland there were women who were pushed into laundromats and nuns and priests would almost brutalize them. Well, now the government is paying back these women money that they never earned when they were being slave laborers in laundries for the church. Now that is a step in the right direction. It absolutely is. And I'm not not saying that there isn't hope. Um, certainly, and and the Christian faith is is certainly not the only faith or religion who has done its fair share of um, torture and torment and killing. Many of them have in their past, and I think it's a testament to this mass-conscious move in a new direction um, the, what's happening within the church now, because I'm watching it closely, because I, I started out studying these different religions, and, and, of course, having a Christian background, the first thing that I questioned wholeheartedly and, and started to research was was the the Bible and, and the things that I'd been taught that didn't marry with what my heart telling me the Bible was actually saying to me. So... Which is why I kind of find your book so cool, because it's like I, I'm stumbling on stuff in your book, and I'm like, yeah, I remember, I remember thinking that. <laughs> Here it is, written in black and white. Yeah. Um, and but you know, I mean, this new pope has done some remarkably amazing things, and I think that, um, well, I don't necessarily agree with everything that they've they do. I do agree with the fact that they have for longer than I know of fed and loved hungry people. Um, They have provided hope for millions, billions of people and for the rug, a rug that large to be just blindly ripped out from under people would be, it would have devastating impact. Um, And I have so much faith in humanity because we're all an extension of that God source energy. And so we're all from light and light will prevail. So I have, I have infinite faith in humanity that we are going to learn from everything that we've done or not done. And we're going to grow and expand in, in to a new understanding. 
um, which, you know, puts me of a mind not to look at these oddities with anger or disgust um, or resentment, but, but rather curiosity and, and a shaking of my head going like, why? Why did we ever think that? You know, why? Why? Um and I think why is is a brilliant question to ask when we're talking about these different belief systems. Because, goodness gracious, if we could just take all, all the... Oh, see? I think Sorry that, that little bark sort of agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if we could just... It does. If we could just take all the beauty from all these things that we have created, all these different belief systems and religions, if we could take all the beauty and the goodness and the light from them and combine them together, and um, I mean, we'd really have a win-win for this entire planet. And I, you know, but there are things within it that confuse me. There are there are so many contradictions, so many. Um, so many things that I've stumbled along in my own path. One of the things that you you wrote about in this book, which I, I was laughing because I remember very clearly the day um, shortly after I had started writing Truth, um, I went to the museum in Toronto and the Dead Sea, or sorry, not the Dead Sea Scrolls, but the, um, wow, my memory is so bad. <laughs> the Egyptian book, Book of the Dead, um, the Code yes. of Ethics was on display and I remember looking at it and I was reading it and then I read it again and then I read it again and I was calling my daughter over and I was calling my boyfriend at the time over and I'm like look at this look at this look at this and they're like what 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 and I said just look at it and read it and my boyfriend who's not religious not spiritual not anything he says I recognize that and I'm like yeah I bet you do recognize a lot of it he's like isn't that the Ten Commandments? And I said, well, it's a broken down version, but yes. And he said, but, 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 wasn't this out thousands of years? Yes, it was. <laughs> He's just in awe of that moment where you know, here's this, here's this code of ethics that very clearly includes all the commandments and was written down thousands of years, if I have date right, before the Ten Commandments were given to me well it's true and if those listeners who are listening in if they really want to find more is to go to the book of Matthew chapter 5 and this is what Jesus said and it is so beautiful you know it is do unto others as you would have them do unto you I mean there are just so many great things in this, and it's uh, it's in chapter 5 of the book of Matthew, and that's all they need to read. They don't need to read anything else <laughs> unless they want some history that someone wrote, and it might not all be truth. That's all I can say about especially the Old Testament. There well, is some now I wanna, interest. I want to ask Go ahead. a big question big question because I didn't uh-huh. get to ask you last time. I would love to hear your take on Revelations. Revelations is a book that has many, many nuances in it. And what it is is really about getting people to 
We well, I think most of us all go through some dark night of the soul. It might be a short time, it might be a long time. And I think revelations from my perception gives something like this to let us know that there's good and bad but we instead of looking on the bad we have to start looking for the good now and that is just my take it's it's a very interesting uh thing and i've not really delved into it too much i've gone through it but it is uh there have been many different things some said it all had to do with caesar and <laughs> i mean i have had all kinds of things that i have researched on and everyone gets a different perspective but i think that some of these like the horses of the apocalypse could mean that like what we're seeing going on uh today in the world with uh, what I consider um, corporate world wanting to take dominion over the people. I think that what this is saying in Revelations is that they're going to have their downfall. And the people will come up and be free. And that's not such a bad thing, really. No, nope, is it? No, no, oh, no. No, when you consider that corporate world has become greedy, and uh, they want more power, more power, more power. And I feel that there are people on this planet. It doesn't matter what religion they're in or what country they're in. They are still all worthy to be loved and not to uh, downtrod them. And who knows, we may have a wonderful utopia on this planet someday. Because if you look at Egypt now, their president has been taken down and it was done by the army. The army didn't want to go in and have to kill the people. And, and awesome. how's that for a huge change in the dynamic that's of the makeup of power? That's it. And I, I, for me, I'm using my own power for me, not for somebody else. You see, this is where I am. Um, to, to have dominion over another person, well, we do have dominion over our children, I will say that, because you're raising them up. But once they left the nest, I've got three sons. And I love them. They love me. But we're not constantly downtrodding or tearing down anything we just accept what the other person is doing and we're not all doing the same things and uh, I did my best raising them and 
I've just let them go and just love them. And that's all I can say that people should do with their children when they're grown. Allow them, if they make mistakes, allow them. It's their journey. And not try and that to, goes back to rescue. that you. Yes. And that goes back to that forgiveness factor where if you as uh-huh. an adult um have children, especially teens, young um young adults, and you have looked in the mirror and you've come to terms with and are at peace with the quote unquote mistakes that you have made, then you're not going to hide these mistakes from your children. And no. to me, you know, I've heard people argue that if you tell your kids everything that you've done when you were younger and all the mistakes that you've made, you know, they um, they might get the wrong idea. They might get the idea that it's okay, and that's that's not it at all. The idea is not to say that it's okay to go and do what I have done, but it's okay to go and do what you're going to do because I'll be here on the other side to catch you if you fall and help you get back up. Yes. It's it's uh I uh as I said I have it's three adult sons. They're all different. Two live in California, one's living here with me. And um I just I, I allow him his space, he allows me my space. He doesn't tell me what to do, I don't tell him what to do. And there is just love between, you know, uh, him and me. And uh, he's got his uh, own journey. And I I just allow him to be. That's all I can say. But I have told my children about my life. And so I don't have anything shameful to hide from them. And... uh, I told them that a uh, number of years ago, and they're, they're all in fine right now. And yes, um, one had his challenges, and uh, right now he is uh, married and has beautiful child, you know. And I just say you have to let them go, and not try to match lives. And if they and if they go down into the gutter, if you have to let them be in the gutter until it's so bad that they want to bring themselves up. But then so again, true. a lot of yeah. But it it is true. But it's also if we were good parents, we wouldn't go down in the gutter. That's my perspective. And I don't know. I was pretty stubborn when I was a kid. And, and, yeah, uh, and I and, think, and, and by that I, I think mean like, up to about age forty. Yeah. And I think, like you said, you know, I think everybody has, be it a short dark night of the soul or a long dark night of the soul, everybody has the right to have their dark night of the soul. Um, and, and oftentimes the 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 gutter is a life altering, eye-opening, heart-opening experience, if you allow it to be so. So as parents, I think really the only 
the only real responsibility there that we have is to to allow well, them the safety to experience that in a manner that is encouraging as opposed to discouraging. Right. Now, from my perspective and what I have observed and what I learned too, it's I did tell my sons when they were growing up, I was saying there's three things you mustn't do. You don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal. And I honored them because... Well, their father was a career Marine, and he was in Vietnam three times, and and I practically raised our sons. And um, I never did tell them how horrible they were, how mean they were. You know, I just loved them. But it didn't mean that they didn't get disciplined, because they did, and they knew you know, you know when they did, but and I would always tell them when I disciplined. I said, you know, even though you did this and I'm punishing you, I still love you. See, that's the key. I still love you. And if more and more parents, and I don't know where that came from me at my time of life at that time, but I did. I just knew that um, children need to be told that they are loved. They also give them things that they're not supposed to do. Yeah, but that love and 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 support is is vital. It it, it just and and acceptance of you know uh, you are who you are and you are how you are you know you 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 don't do good in math don't do well in math and science but that's you you're, you have great artistic talent so who cares um about the math and science or or vice versa whichever it is that the parent may be focused on or or you're not a, a good football player or basketball player or you know you've got to try harder you failure you um that's I think hearing those negative things and you're a failure and 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 uh, you'll never measure up and you'll never amount to anything those are horribly damaging things to say to anyone but I think coming from the voice of a parent that that's that it's just um that multiplied many times over in its damage cuz those that's your parents you know, it's so true. Now, I um, was born in Texas, grew up, and that was, uh, it, it was not a happy childhood because I was told I was dumb and I was stupid. But I had a dream, and that was that one day I was going to travel the world, and I would look in magazines and cut out these coupons and send off for travel brochures and what have you. And then when I was uh, 23, living in Houston, working for civil service, I saw an ad in the Houston newspaper and that the State Department was there to um, uh, interview people for overseas uh, clerical work for uh, the Foreign Service. 
on my lunch hour, I went over there. I took an aptitude test. I filled out all kinds of forms. It was in April of 1952. And um, went to the FBI, got my fingerprints taken, went back to work. And in July, they sent me a telegram offering me a job as a code clerk. I didn't know what a code clerk was, but I accepted it. And I went to Washington, D.C. in August and uh, was in training for uh, uh, almost three months. And I learned how to encode and decode highly classified information. And when it, my time came to give me uh, 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 tell me where I was going to go in, overseas, they sent me to the embassy in Paris, France. And that was the beginning of my uncommon education. Mm. Now, that is how I got out of the nest of ain't it, aren't you awful, you know, type of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, and and I have to say, having grown up in Texas, it's it's uh, often not that much improved yet. Uh, particularly with boys, it's football, you know. This yeah. is Texas. You play football, you know. They, That's right. You, you, you give birth to a boy in Texas, they, people bring... Footballs as gifts, like it's an infant in a, in a cradle. It did, what football? What? Yeah. But 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 somehow that's the thing. And uh, uh, but it was never my thing, so that didn't work out. But fortunately, that was not one of my parents' things. My parents were, uh, and 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 father still is and and uh, mom of course from the other side uh, have been quite supportive of many different paths and routes that I've chosen as long as the only thing my father ever cared was that I gave it everything I had that's all he ever cared he he actually literally told me one time in my 20s he said I don't care if you dig ditches for a living but if you're going to dig ditches you better be the best ditch digger I ever saw I love and that. That's that works. It works. Well, I'll tell you, when I hit Paris, it was a turning point in my life. And in fact, I've done my memoir on that called An Uncommon Education. And uh, my mother had saved letters I had written, so I had those to go by. So that's my memoir, and it's on Amazon.com. But it was, it, it is the, do what you love to do and the best that you can do. And even if you are in a situation and you don't love what you're doing, it's to do the best you can. Because who knows, an opening might come from somewhere out of the blue and that person, things will change their life. But it's always to do the best you can do. That's, that's my motto. Absolutely, because that's all anybody's got. That's all anybody ever really does. In any given moment, you sort of do the best you can with what you have. And, that's right. And, you know, in retrospect, it may seem kind of silly, but you're looking at it with what you know and have now versus what you knew then. 
And uh, yeah. that, that that took some work on my part to let myself off the hook for some of that stuff. You know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Um, well, I tell you what, why don't we Woulda, shoulda, coulda. They'll get you every coulda. time. Yeah, woulda, shoulda, coulda. You, you, you got to wonder when three words rhyme that well. It's just going to be bad, right? <laughs> <Let's get. laughs> um, yes. But I was just thinking, Gene, we might take a quick break. And in uh, 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 play some Earth Prayer from Ina B. And then when we come back, we'll detail out uh, Betty's websites again for all of our podcast listeners and, uh, and uh, make sure that they know where to find her and where to find her books. Okay. Sound good? Absolutely. All right. So we'll be, we're going to take a brief break, folks. Uh, this is our friend Ina V, who you can find, speaking of websites, at www.enavie, that's enav.com, with her song, Earth Prayer. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us, folks. All right.
and let us rule. Those above and below us, to the seen and unseen. Those who have walked before and after, we ask your assistance to live simply. Please forgive us, for we know not what we do. And we thank you for all your help. back, everybody. That was our dear friend Ina V with her song Earth Prayer. Isn't that a good one? Good one. Good one. Beautiful. I, I love that song. I love Ina. She's uh, uh, been our guest before. She's lovely and does amazing work. And uh, and she does some amazing philanthropic stuff with the uh, each purchase of that song. Uh, those funds go to some philanthropic work that she's doing and uh because she felt it was only fitting with the subject matter of the song that she she almost feels like she didn't write that so she turns that money over beautiful it's good stuff and see that would be one of those things now that that certain Faiths might have a because she said great spirit and then oh you know oh this those Indians again there go those there go those natives again oh they're restless oh <laughs> oh sad really a lot of a lot of wisdom in 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 many in 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 well in virtually all of the faiths that have had much long life. Uh, 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 there is wisdom there, and, uh, and there's a little kookiness, but there's a little kookiness in all of them. So you know, it's which uh, which flavor of kooky would you like to go along with your wisdom? I guess I don't know, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's just uh, wonderful that we have so many people that have uh, that are doing uh, work like you're doing that uh, kind of dispels a little of the kooky and. And focuses in on what were they really talking about. Uh, we love to do that with the looking up the original meaning of words and sort of like you you did with amen and because uh, uh, you get into the entomology of stuff and or etymology entomology's bugs uh, etymology <laughs> of stuff and it's uh, uh, it's just, it's interesting that those two are so close together one letter and and you've gone from roots of words to bugs. Well, I have used that in my research and in my way to, when I'm looking for something for 
certain word in um, my books that I write, I quite often go look for that and see where is the root of the word. And it's uh, very interesting. And, and uh, so... And sometimes quite different, too, than what modern definition right. might be. Yes. Well, I've known that even uh, in right now that words are changing a lot by street language. <laughs> you know, it's it's an interesting thing, but it's just an evolution and evolution and evolution. And... Uh, Always. Which makes sense, because that's yeah. what we do. Right. Really? Um, I just know that uh, when my sons were growing up, that I, I observed their language changing. You know, not a lot, but, you know, certain words coming in. And uh, so I think a lot of different generations pick up, or someone picks up a word that they like to use, and then it just goes to the next person and the next person. And I'm not saying if that's good or bad. But uh No no, but it does it does give us something to think about when you consider how many new words and the new meanings to words have been um created in just the last ten years with regards to our exponential growth of technology. Um so when we think in terms of that, how well, do we really know these words from 2,000 years ago, what they mean? I mean, how could we possibly put some of those words into their proper context when we don't understand the times that they were living in? If our words in today's world change so fast and so rapidly and the meanings themselves change as our technology and our awareness and our understanding and our knowledge changes, then how could we... It just—it's something to consider when we when we look at these ancient texts. It's something to really think about mm-hmm. that the words used then might not mean what they what we think or have been told that they mean. I agree with that. I'm, I'm, I can't think of anything right at this moment. <laughs> I was fishing for a good example myself and wasn't coming up with anything. But uh, I think particularly in the stories uh, that are told, whether it be parables or just stories about different Bible persons, personages, um, what was really vitally important to them might be almost meaningless to us today. And... Um, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And everybody's trying to go gluten-free now, so what? It don't want that. <laughs> <clears throat> Whereas if you didn't have it then, you know, it you died. It was what you lived on. And, right. uh, you know, goodness gracious, uh, beer and bread kept many an Egyptian alive for years. And, of course, the beer was different. Um, it was much more nutritional and much lower alcohol, although there was definitely alcohol in it, but um, 
it, it's just it, it's the it's the risk one takes when you dig up something from two, three, four, five thousand years ago and then try to apply it. it it's it takes some work to dig out what they're talking about. Yes, it does. <laughs> and and some amazing work that you have done, and we want to be sure that people can locate your websites and 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 through there to locate your books because. Of course, your books are available on Amazon and round and about. But uh, and you mentioned uh, your uh, your website, your blog site, BettyJohnson.com, dot com, and that's Betty with two E's. Yeah, B E T T Y E, just like my aunt. I have an aunt Betty, my mother's sister, and BettyJohnson.com. dot com, and then of course the the book that we discussed so thoroughly last time, your Secrets of the Magdalene Scrolls is at www.magdalenscrolls.com. Uh, and uh, and i got to get my hands on that one because I, have, I, haven't, I haven't ordered that yet. So <laughs> yeah, you got to get that one. It's on my wish list. Oh, and and uh, and tomorrow's her birthday, so listeners out there in listener land, you know, feel free. Send her a Amazon yep. gift card. Feel free, works. feel free to send me an Amazon gift card, and I can spend it on Betty. <laughs> See there? <laughs> we'll all end up sharing it that way. <sighs> okay. You all have just been delighted, and I just love talking with you and knowing that you've got listeners out there, and I send my love and my blessing, and I'm saying hugs to everyone. Well, it's been our pleasure, and, and uh, we... I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, I know Jean did. I can hear it in her voice. She, <laughs> I'm but, always but, happy when she's on. Are you kidding me? I mean, fascinated, um, fascinated by all the, all the research she's done. I mean, this is she just, just skim the surface, you know. I mean. There's people out there who will write about this stuff and they just skim the surface and they think they know, but here's a woman who's 84 years old and she's done her homework, you know, and still she comes on the air and she says, oh, I'm not done yet. There's still more to learn. That's like, what thing a I'm beautiful example, beautiful example to set for all of us is that, you know, we're not done yet. We're never done. There's so much still to learn and in you know, to hear that from somebody who's done as much research as I know that you've done, Betty, is just, I, I hope people are listening to that, that there's always more. Well, I'm not willing to sit back in a rocking chair. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I still have so many ideas in my head, and so that's where I'm just going to keep on keeping on. And so I do thank Awesome. You. Well, and that's that just falls right in that thing of you know you don't you don't quit playing because you got old you got old because you quit playing, and uh, and 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 by play I often mean following your passion and uh, and these are subjects you're obviously passionate about because of the the depth of the research that you've done and uh, uh, certainly not the Cliff Notes version the encyclopedia article version this if you guys want to see the the references and the way dig way down and oh yeah that but then what's behind that um i 
strongly encourage you to go pick up Betty's books. Well, thank you. It's good stuff. So what what what, what do we have going on next week, Jean? We have something going on next week? I don't well, know. we have stuff going on next week. We have something going on tomorrow, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, we mentioned the birthday thing, but above and beyond that, uh, just because... Um, just just because Everyday Connection radio show didn't fall on your birthday this year, you went and got yourself on someone else's radio show on your birthday. Because <laughs> you're just that so way. Um, actually, it just happened to be the next date available for guests on that show. And what else am I doing? Because my husband's in France. My partner's in Costa Rica. He's going to be playing with monkeys. Um, my daughter's girlfriend's over. So, I mean, other than them being me a cake... I'm pretty much on my own with the dog, so I figured, why not? So I'm going to be guesting on the talk show, Walking in Destiny. Uh, the link to that show is already on my wall once. It will be on Everyday Connections wall. It will be on Rick's wall. It will be on my wall so that you guys know. And it's at um, 12 noon tomorrow. So we're going to play, you know, we're gonna, um, turn the table on key. And well, no I'm going to go be time. a guest. For once. Go be a guest yep. and get interviewed by people that, you know. I've interviewed you sort of, kind of, but, you know. Yeah. That's kind of, getting interviewed by your on-air partner is kind of safe. You know, I might not <laughs> ask the hard questions. I try, but. <sighs> right. Oh. So this, is, this is somebody who's interviewing you, me who doesn't know. Yeah. Well, you two are wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, thank and you. I thank you so much for thank having you me so on. Much. I really do. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming. All right. And now next week we have um, have um, 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 um oh yeah, and tomorrow's my birthday. So oh yeah, and tomorrow's your birthday. So okay. So for all you Facebook people who keep leaving little happy birthdays on my wall, here's what I'm asking for my birthday this year. Go out and commit a random act of kindness. Now, I cannot attribute this beautiful idea to myself and my genius. It comes from my best friend, Miss Tammy McCracken, who has been an amazingly positive influence on me all the 22 years that I've known this woman. Um, And so I'm going to take a page from her beautiful book of giving and this is my birthday request go out and commit a random act of kindness to a stranger and, and doesn't take money you can do open it a door as my birthday you present. Yep. help somebody with their Carry bags you can elderly woman's bags or um, a pregnant or a lady's middle-aged bags, man's or, bags I appreciate it if he's walking with well, me I yeah wish. sure <laughs> well, I wish you a happy birthday well, thank you. It's going Feel to be wonderful. My daughter's going to be okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, what can you say? Get out there, do some acts of kindness, report back on them on the radio show. You can just type them in the chat room uh, at the radio show. and uh, Or you can post them on our wall because you'll feel bad you're not sending birthday wishes. So instead of going, happy birthday, Jane, you can put, I opened a birthday door in your honor for something. You don't even have to give details. Just say, I did something. Cause yeah. That would be so awesome to see on my wall, guys. Good. Really, it would. Um, it would be very cool. That would be the best birthday present ever. So get out there and do a little ram. Wait, rock. That's it. Right? Oh. Rock. That's the one. 
All right. And um, so I hope everybody will join Gene tomorrow at noon and will join us again next week. We have big stuff coming, but you got to join Gene tomorrow to find out what it is. Oh, no. Just keep watching our wall. We, we'll have big announcements. We've got big shows next week. And uh, uh, we hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, and um, joins us, joins her tomorrow. And then, um, you know, until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves. Stay connected. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.